mouth is wide open, the voice is raised, smiles are all over, that box brings joy. We're right now in Phnom Penh in Cambodia. I mean, it's just been incredible. Kids are so excited, giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. Jesus loves you. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. That's what I love about Operation Christmas Child. It knows no borders, it knows no boundaries. It's all about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. Churches are doing big things with Operation Christmas Child. Everybody out there who packs shoe boxes, they are spreading God's love. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. We couldn't do it without them. With this box, they do get the gospel story. They do hear about Jesus. It has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ. I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in Phil Shoeboxing? Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world, and that is only the beginning. After receiving the shoe boxes, the children will be invited to go to the greatest journey, which is a 12-lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. After a child completes the greatest journey, they graduate and receive a Bible in their own language. When the light of the gospel is turned on, that changes everything. Churches are being planted, lives are being changed, communities are being transformed. The word of God is spreading, the gospel is advancing. It is impacting children, it is impacting families, it is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying, thank you for giving. I would like to ask you to consider packing shoeboxes year-round. God will bless and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you, thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one. family. As many of you know, here only believe we have a nursing home ministry. This year, we were thinking maybe we could bless the residents with Christmas cards. Um, a way that we can do this is to get your whole family involved. You can make, uh, make cards. You can buy cards. We really don't care how you do it. Just be sure to include Jesus. What you're going to do is you're going to fill those out and you're going to drop them off at the Welcome Center. And if you have any questions, contact me or John and Marie Hall. Well, good evening, family. How's everyone tonight? Alive, well, and here. Amen. We are here to bless the Lord as a church family. I want to welcome you. If it's your first time here in the building with us, there's a card in back of your pews that say, let's get connected. If you would just fill that card out, and you can drop it either in the offering buckets or right out there at that Welcome Center. We'd love just to connect with you and just chat with you. Also, I want to remind you, this Sunday we are continuing the Blessing Series. Pastor Randy is going to be delivering a sure 
good word about the blessing. How, who has enjoyed the blessing series? It's been good. I was talking to someone on Sunday, and she said, listen, like what Pastor Kyron taught, like that was just good. That just put me in remembrance. Oh, yeah. Like it's not about the love of money. It's not about that. So I'm excited for it. Invite someone out. Invite someone to come with you to church. We would love to see someone here, their life changed. And also, I want to welcome all the live streamers out there. If whatever platform you are watching us, we would love to say hello. Can everyone say hello? I hope you heard that. We are so excited you're with us. Thanks for joining us. Give us a little heart button right there on Facebook. Smash that button. Uh, we, I also want to say one more thing. Today is Veterans Day. What a beautiful day to honor those who have served. Amen? Amen. So if you are in the house and you are a veteran or if you're watching on live stream, we as a church family and as the body of Christ corporately want to say thank you. Thank you for your service. We are so thankful. Yes, let's give them a hand clap. Absolutely. Christ has paid a price for our freedom on that cross. But those who have paid a price for us here in America, we thank you. We thank you so very much. And with that said, no better way to practice our freedom than worshiping our king tonight. Amen. If you would stand to your feet, we've come to lift his name on high.
Hallelujah. Jesus changes every circumstance and every situation, does he not? Amen. Amen. Well, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It's time to receive our tithes and offerings. If you need a tithe and offering envelope, you can just raise your hand. One of our fantastic ushers will help you out, or you can just simply reach in front of you, grab one out of the pew. There's also some on the ledges. If you'd like to give electronically, I know that's the way I like to give. It's easy. It's simple. You can just do it on your phone. If you're watching it by live stream right now, this is your opportunity to give. You can text to give, or you can by texting 77977, or by going to obmcc.org slash giving. Thank you for your support. It makes a big difference. One to kind of give everyone a quick update. I think everyone has been praying for Pastor, I believe, over the last couple services, has he not? Yeah, Pastor is doing fine. Uh, God has, of course, sustained him and kept him. Uh, not a single symptom, not a fever, not, a, not anything. So um, we're kind of puzzled and curious as to why, why they said he had COVID-19, but, you know, evidently he, he did. Uh, but he's a couple days away from being de-quarantined. And I think pastors uh, believe in God he can kill a deer sometime soon. So, and come back to church. So be praying for a pastor if you would. Uh, I, again, I talked with him uh, yesterday. He's doing fine. He wanted me to send his love to you. And uh, he wanted me to convey how much he appreciates you praying for him because he could feel the prayers as you were lifting him up. Again, as I said, we're going to receive our tithes and offering. Um, if you would, turn with me to Philippians. I'm going to be reading in Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read uh, starting with verse 15. And I'm going to read three verses. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. And it says this. This is the apostle uh, Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. And, and the apostle Paul is saying this. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Paul's here talking about how he appreciated the church in Philippi. They were helping him. They were financing his ministry. At that point in time, Paul was literally traveling to the known world of the day, ministering the gospel. And this was a church that was supporting him on a regular basis. And I can find it kind of puzzling. You think about the Apostle Paul and the impact he had. I would think he would have had hundreds of churches supporting him. But uh, in this verse, it says it was this one church of Philippi. And Paul was expressing his deep appreciation for that church because people were being saved by what they were doing. Now let's move down to verse 17. Of Philippians chapter 4, and he says this, Paul says, now, not that I seek the gift, the finances that were given to him, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. And what Paul was saying here was, listen, I appreciate the giving to my ministry because it is making a difference. We're winning people for Jesus, but you know what? I'm more excited about what God's going to do for you because every soul that comes to Christ because of your giving will be added to your account. Pastor and I come up here every so often, we're sure about some unique opportunities, I think about three, four weeks ago, I shared that Pastor had the opportunity to do worldwide television on multiple networks on primetime. We're talking like the ABC of America's pastors preaching the gospel in almost every TV household in many nations. Over 100 plus million people were impacted over a four-week period of time, and we're still doing it. But I say that because when you give tithes and offerings tonight, as the Apostle Paul told the Philippian church in four uh, Philippians 4, 17, it's being added to your account. Every dollar, every penny you give to this ministry is helping us win people in our city, in our county, in the 10 counties and 75 cities that Only Believe reaches out to. And it's also helping us touch the nation and the world. Millions of people are being affected. It might seem like 
Sometimes it's easy for us as Christians to be very robotic, is it not? You know, we know when to raise our hands and worship. We know when to maybe move our feet a little bit. We know when to give. But you know what? You're making a difference. You're making a difference in every dollar you give is making a difference in the kingdom. And heaven's being populated by what you're doing. Verse 19 says this in Philippians 4. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul was telling the church in Philippi, this is the confidence I have. Not only as you sow into my ministry that it's going to be added to your account because of your giving, but I'm confident God is going to supply all of your needs. I'm also confident on Philippians 4.19 that God's going to supply all of your needs, only believe, because of your faithfulness as you give. Souls will be added to your account, and as you give back, God is going to give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We serve a God that loves us and cares for you and has great things to store. We just want to say thank you for your giving because, again, it's truly making a difference for the kingdom. Let's pray right now. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for everyone that's under the sound of my voice here in front of me as well as online. Father, I thank you for the giving that's taking place tonight. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to help us, Lord, to maximize the dollars given to us so that we can touch more people for you. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for just the people in this church that have such a giving heart, have a giving spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that you will supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Let's bring our tithes and offerings unto the Lord tonight. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for your giving. Well, we have a special speaker for tonight. Um, we, uh, Pastor Dosig asked me to reach out to Trisha Fistel to come and speak and deliver the word tonight. Let's give a warm welcome tonight to Trisha Fistel as she brings forth the word. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight. Um, as Eric said, I, I got the call yesterday or a text yesterday, so... Um, we are going to continue the series on authority, and so tonight I'm going to talk to you about the authority that we have in the workplace. Um, so before I do, I'd like just to pray for a minute. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus, and God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for your spirit, God, and we thank you, Lord, that you teach us all things, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would open our ears to hear. God, prepare our hearts to receive the word tonight that you have for us. God, that you would teach us and show us how to apply it in our lives, Father, that, that we would be witnesses of your authority, of your kingdom and dominion in the earth. And Father, we just thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, before I get started, I want to um, give the definition of authority. Authority is the power to influence, and it's the power of choice and liberty. You know, before we come into Christ, how many of us were bound and didn't have the, the, the power or the authority of liberty? I know I didn't. I was bound to things that I couldn't break free of, things I hated that I didn't have the power to break free of. But now in Christ Jesus, we have the power and the authority to say no to those things. And it also speaks of the power of him whose commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. 
And so when we look in Genesis in the beginning, when God created man and, and, and woman, he created them in their image. And he said, let's make man in our image after our likeness and let him subdue and have dominion over the earth. And so God created us to come into communion with him and to fellowship with him so that his spirit could come, reside in us, and he could duplicate himself in us in the world. And so his, his role, his, his design for mankind is that we would be in a place of dominion and a place of power and authority in the earth. And so tonight I'm going to talk to you on how we can live in that in a greater demonstration in our workplace and in every area of our lives. Amen. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 7, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. It says, Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he had heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom this should, he should do this. For he loved our nation, and he had built a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends unto him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I worthy of myself to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. So here we have this, this centurion. He, he was a Roman. He was in the Roman army. And he recognized the authority that Jesus was under. See, for us to be in a place of authority and to execute authority, we have to first submit to a greater authority. We have to submit our will to another will. And he recognized that Jesus didn't didn't function or didn't operate in his own will, his own power, or his own authority, but he was under something greater. And so for you and I, if we want to, to walk in the dominion, we want to walk in the authority that, that God has for our lives, where we can rule over situations, we can rule over demonic principalities and powers and all of these things, we first have to submit our will, our desires, our thoughts, our way of doing things unto the Father. And when we do, we come into agreement with his, and then he can operate his will through us and, and his authority through us. And so that's one of the things that the centurion recognized. You know, to be a man of authority, you have to submit under authority. And so when Jesus heard that, he said, wow, I've not even heard this great faith that's been taught to these, to these men since the time that they were young growing up. You have a, a guy that, that wasn't you know, brought up in synagogue, that wasn't brought up under the law. He understood this, and Jesus marveled. I want Jesus to look at my life and marvel at my faith. Amen? And we do that by surrendering our lives to him and submitting ourselves unto him. Um, so what I'd like to do is I want to give you an example of a police officer. 
So when we see a police officer, you know, they, they carry a pistol, and that's the power that they have. But the authority is the badge that they carry, and that authority gives them the right to use the power that they've been given. See, I can have a, a, I can have a pistol on me, but if I go into a place that has a little sign with a gun on it, with a, you know, no guns allowed, I don't have authority in that position or in that place to use that weapon or that power that I've been given. And so the, the police officer, when they go forward, he doesn't go and enforce his own will. He's enforcing the will of the government that he's under. And so that badge represents someone or something greater than him. And so when we have the Holy Spirit within us and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and we submit ourselves under the will of our Father, when the enemy looks at us, he doesn't see us putting forth our will or our authority, but he sees the one that's greater. He sees the authority of Jesus Christ upon us, and it's at that name that he has to bow. It's at that name where he has to, to, to pull back or, or to... Um, Submit himself. Amen. You know, when Jesus went into the synagogues, they would cry out and they would say, "What? Well, you know, what? don't torment us before our time. What do we have to do with you, Jesus, thou son of God? And so that's God's desire for us is that we would walk in unity with him, that we would walk in a place of authority with him. And so Jesus came to uphold and to reveal the will of the Father unto us. And so he lived a life completely submitted to the Father's authority. So in um, John 8, verses 28 and 29, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this. It says, Jesus says that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, and the Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. So if we want to walk in the power, the authority that God has given us, we have to align ourselves with his word. And when we align ourselves with his word and we submit our will unto his, it says that he will never leave us, right? He'll be with us. And then when we, when we live according to his will and his word, we will begin to speak the things that he speaks, and he will uphold his word. It would just be like him speaking his own word. When we put the words of, of the Lord in our mouth and we speak them, God upholds them because they're his words coming through us. Amen? And so that's the power and that's the authority that we have in Christ Jesus, that we can follow his example. Um, in John 14, 10, Jesus says, The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Jesus never did anything in his own wisdom. He never voiced his own opinion, and he never did anything according to his own will. But everything he did, he lived a life submitted unto God. And when we live our lives submitted unto God, we can live in a greater power and authority than we have ever had in our own selves, right? Um, so you say, well, what does this have to do with the workplace? Well, it has everything to do with the workplace. You know, as Christians, we like to compartmentalize our lives. You know, on Sunday, we put on our praise and worship hat. We put on our Christian hat. And we go to church. Monday through Friday, we put on our work hat, and we do, we do work. And I remember listening to um, someone say one time, she's a praise and worship leader, and she was talking about the struggle that she was going through. And, you know, she was in the car with her father-in-law and mother-in-law, and they were on their way to church. And she said, well, I guess it's time for me to take off my mommy hat and put on my worship hat. And the, the father-in-law looked at her and said, that's your problem. You took off your worship hat. You should always keep your worship hat on. 
And so we as Christians, we always need to keep our worship hat on. We always have to remember that we are Christians no matter where we go. We don't stop, you know, we don't hang it up when we're walking out the door, but we keep it with us. And we always have to keep in mind that we are representatives of a greater kingdom and we have authority and we have power everywhere we go when we walk in unity with him. And so if we will keep that in remembrance that we are reflections of Christ and that the way that we live, we don't live according to the course of this world. We live according to the word of God and his will governing our lives. So we need to make sure that we're not compartmentalizing those things, but we have to make sure that we are walking in a way that we're in unity with the Father. And it's possible. It's possible to walk in unity with God. It's possible to walk in unity with him in every situation in our lives. And when we do, we live by his power and his strength, not by our own. Amen. So I want us to go over to Matthew chapter 20. You know, Jesus shows us great, I mean, if we could just grab a hold of this and live according, you know, in, in his example, you know, the church would be the church. We would see the glory and the presence of God come. But so often I think that we make excuses on why we can't do something, and it's because a lot of times we try to do things in our own self. You know, I thought Christianity was the great discipline, and if I could just discipline myself to become something, but it's, it's not. It's being. It's discovering who he is and embracing that identity for ourselves and walking in unity with him. So in Matthew chapter 20, we see where the, the mother of James and John comes into Jesus and she asks him a question. She said, please let my one son sit on your right hand and my other son sit on your left. And when we look at this in verse 24... It says, and when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. And it says then in, in verse 25, it says, But Jesus called unto them and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So when we see James and John asking for these positions, it's showing how the world is, right? The world, they're seeking position, they're seeking fame, they're seeking um, some place of notoriety. You know, they, they want to, to come into great heights and, and achieve great things. You know, and they seek after power and they seek after influence and all of those things. But Jesus said, that's how the world is. But this is how the kingdom is. You come as a servant. And when we're willing to submit ourselves and humble ourselves, that's when God can raise us up. Because we're not seeking our own agenda. We're not seeking our own place. And I remember, I remember one time um, a couple jobs ago, um, I, was, I applied for a position and um, it was a supervisor position, and I, and I wanted it, and I didn't get it. And I remember calling my mom, and I was crying, and I was upset because I was qualified, and I felt like the only reason why I didn't get it was because I was a woman. And, um, you know, had to deal with those thoughts and deal with those things. And it was about a year later. Um, I wanted to keep my heart right, though. And so, you know, I, I called my mom, and she prayed with me. 
And I, I wanted to keep my heart right. I wanted to make sure that I handled things correctly. I didn't want to take offense. And, you know, I had to trust that, you know, the Bible says that all promotion comes from the Lord. And so I, I grabbed a hold of that and I said, okay, God. And so sometimes God will allow us to experience disappointments or things come out differently than what we expected. And I think, number one, to reveal the hidden agendas within our hearts. You know what I mean? But also, too, to bring us to a place where we can trust his plan and his will for our lives, and it's better. And it was a year later that I got a promotion that was even higher than the one I originally applied for, and it prepared me and equipped me to do what I do now. And so it's, it's in times um, when we experience our greatest disappointments, if we will handle them correctly, God can make them our greatest places of promotion and increase. Amen. And that includes in the workplace. So, um, sorry, I got feedback up here. Um, so Jesus reveals to us that for us to be exalted or for us to, to come into a place where we can rule and reign in life, is to come as a servant. And he was the, he's the most high God, the king of, of all kings, the creator of all things. He came not to be served, but to serve. And you know what? There's, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever come to a point where, you, where you've served somebody and you were a blessing to them and how good it made you feel? When we can truly humble ourselves and we become servant to someone else, there is no greater place of satisfaction and joy. Because we know it pleases our Father. And we're reflections of Christ. And so it's beautiful. Um, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 3 through 9. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Because Christ humbled himself, God gave him a name that was above every other name. Jesus didn't have to promote himself, but the Father did. Amen. So one of the things that God has taught me over the years is that we've got to quit fighting for ourselves, but we have to trust our Father. I worked with a lady um, for several years, and a lot of people had a hard time with her because she just, was just a very abrasive personality. And I can usually, you know, kind of get along with, with, with most, peace, most, most people. And, but there would be times where I felt like she was crossing over into my stuff, and I would get possessive of it, and I, it would make me mad. I'm like, get on your own side. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so when it was those times, I, I would want to fight for that because I was putting my identity in that. You know, I was taking offense that she didn't think I was good enough or smart enough or whatever. And that wasn't the case at all. That was just how she was, <laughs> you know? And so God has taught me 
that first of all, my identity is in him. And that I can't put my identity in temporal things of this earth that really have no bearing on anything. And it was when I finally quit fighting for myself and quit trying to prove myself that it brought peace into our office. And so it's coming to a point where you trust God. You trust his plan for your life. You trust that your identity is in him. And the things of this world, they don't define you. They don't define your value. They don't define your worth. They don't define if you're smart or stupid or any of those things. But if we're not careful, we will identify ourselves in our, in our positions, in our finances, and the opinions of other people. And we have to come to the place where those things no longer define us. But we trust our God. And we put our identity in him. And when we do that, that'll bring us into liberty and freedom. And it'll bring us into a place where God can promote us because there's no wrong agenda there. There's no wrong motive there. Amen. Um, so when we humble ourselves, God is able to exalt us in due season. And I have a couple examples that I've written down. And number one was King David. When we look at David's life, you know, we know that Samuel anointed him to be king. Um, oftentimes especially in the church and, and, and young people that, that get in, you know, come into salvation. They're, they're excited. They're zealous about the things that God has for them. They get a prophetic word or God reveals a plan that he has for their life. And immediately they think they're ready, equipped, and they run out the door to do it. And you know what? A year later, you don't even see him attending church anymore. Because sometimes God will reveal something small to us or, or a glimpse of something. And we think it's for that time and that moment, but it's not. It's for vision. Because when God reveals something to you, oftentimes there's a process that you have to walk through. But if we're not mature enough to understand that, we think that we have everything that we need in that moment. And we go out and we try to fulfill it in ourselves. And most of the time we end up falling. But when we look at David, David reveals to us how how we are supposed to take promotion or how we're supposed to take the things of God. So he was anointed king. But he went back into the sheepfold where he was brought out of, went back into it, continued to stay faithful and serving. He didn't take on an attitude, well, I'm anointed king, I'm the next king of Israel. But he kept himself at a place where he was a servant. And he even served Saul. And we know that Saul was jealous. Saul rose up, even tried to kill him. But David's response was he humbled himself and continued to minister to Saul. He would go in and play the harp so that the evil spirits would be driven out and, you know, Saul would throw a javelin at him. David never once spoke evil of Saul. He never fought against him. He never rose up against him. Even when he had an opportunity where it looked like the Lord delivered Saul into his hand where David could have killed him, David refused to touch God's anointed. And it was at the divine time of God that God promoted David. And when we look at David's life, he's one of the most beloved kings of Israel. I mean, it was to a point where God honored him so much because David didn't promote himself. David kept himself submitted to the Lord that Jesus Christ was born out of his lineage. You know, And even when Absalom rose up and tried to take the kingdom from him out of deceit, David refused to raise his hand against Absalom. He said, you know what, maybe this is the Lord. And David took a step back, and he allowed God to judge the situation. So sometimes, you know, you might be in a workplace, and you might have somebody coming up and rising up and saying things against you. If you will submit it unto the Lord, and you will trust him, you won't have to fight for yourself. You won't have to defend yourself. But if you will submit yourself to the Lord, he will fight for you, he will defend you, and he will make you come out clean just like he did David. Amen. 
And then the other one is Joseph. We know the story of Joseph. We know that God gave him a dream. And we know that he went through, you know, his brothers sold him into slavery out of jealousy. So he was, he was brought into Potiphar's house, and he ruled with complete integrity. He did all the things that he was supposed to do when God prospered him in Potiphar's house in that time. But then, you know, Potiphar's wife wanted Joseph, and he wouldn't sin against God or Potiphar. And so then, doing the right thing, responding in the right way, he was thrown into prison. You know, and then he, he ruled in prison. But the point is this, and, and I think, I'm not sure who it was, was talking about it, how um, even in those places, they still ruled. They were still blessed. They were still doing the things that God called them to do. But in God's timing, he went from prisoner to the second most powerful man in all the world. You know, if you would try to do that in your own strength, it, it would take you years upon years upon years if you could even achieve it. But God did in a moment of time because of the way that they handled the situation, the way that they handled those, those situations. And so when we are in a place, especially in a workplace, if we will be faithful to God and we will allow him to fight for us, God is able to bring deliverance. He's able to bring us into promotion. He's able to establish his will and desire in our lives. Amen? So... We just need to make sure that we stay faithful to God and we allow God's word to work in us. So we can't force things before their time. We have to not promote ourselves, but remember to stay a servant. Because you know what? There's, there's times where God will use people in our lives. You know, how many of you guys have those people that are sandpaper? You know, they, they, they just kind of rub you the wrong way. And for me, it's always been the same person. I'm like, God, does it always have to be them? Can it be somebody else? But the thing is, God knows. I mean, you know, he knows different things that he needs to work in us. And he uses circumstances, people, situations to, to change us. And it is for our good. I just wish sometimes it could be somebody different. <laughs> but even if it was somebody different, I would probably want somebody else. <laughs> you know, why does it always have to be that person? Especially when it's always somebody that's right. That irritates me. <laughs> You know, I try to you know, stick up for myself, and then I find out I'm wrong, and then you got to eat crow, and it's just not fun. But you know what? God knows what he's doing, and praise the Lord, one of these days, it's just not going to bother me. <laughs> so, yeah. So the, the authority and the influence that God can release into our lives comes down to how we handle situations, how we handle people. And to the degree that we're willing to submit ourselves is to the degree that God is able to, to release authority and influence. And this is the thing. If we will keep a good attitude, especially in the workplace, and if you're not a murmuring and complainer, because I'm telling you what, I've worked with some people that it wouldn't matter what happened, they would complain about something. You know, they could get a free day off or something, and they would complain that it was the wrong day. I mean, just always looking for something negative. And, you know, those people, you just... You don't want to bless them because no matter what you do for them, they're going to complain about it because something's going to be wrong, you know? But if we will have an attitude of gratitude and if we will be thankful and if we will be faithful and if we will allow God to lead us and guide us, we will find a, a, a voice of influence because remember authority, one of the things is it's a place of influence. We will find a voice of influence with our companies. 
And I remember I was working for a company, and they were coming out with this new product. And they, they did this video. I mean, it was a really great video that they did, except for about 30 seconds of it. There was something in it that was completely inappropriate. And when I saw it, it grieved me. You know, they, they were showing it in our shop, and it really grieved me. They had, they had labels and had everything um, ready for marketing to send this out into the field. And I just thought it was, was not, not appropriate. So I sent an email to our, our head of marketing. I prayed about it, and I said, listen, I said, I saw your marketing and what you want to do with this product. I said, I think it's completely offensive towards women, degrading towards women. And I said, our product and our company is better than that. And I said, and I don't think that you need to market your product like that for it to sell. They completely changed their entire marketing scheme. They completely redid the video. They did away with the labels, and they completely redid it. And so we can have that type of influence. And, you know, I wasn't anybody at, at the time, you know, in that, that company. I was just an employee. But they saw my work ethic. They saw, you know, what I stood for and that I was, you know, and God gave me favor with them. And I believe that it protected their company from being looked down upon for, you know, and, what could have happened. So God will give us a place of influence, a place of authority, and a place of favor with those that he sets us under. We can be a blessing to them. You know, when people think of me, I want them to think that, that they're, they're better because they've met me or that I was a blessing to them somehow, you know. And that's, that's what I think we should all want. Um, so let's go over to Colossians chapter 3. You know, I don't want somebody to think of me and think, oh, that complainer, that whiner. I want them to think, man, she's a good employee. Okay, so let's go to um, Colossians 3, 22 through 25. It said, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which hath been done, and there is no respect of persons. Um, so in here, Jesus is saying, servants, obey your masters according you know, um, to the flesh, not with eye service or as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. It doesn't say just obey the good masters. Or the masters that you like. You know, I think sometimes God will put somebody over our lives that we don't really care for. Uh, somebody that rubs us the wrong way. Somebody that we don't necessarily agree with. And it's not for their benefit, but it is for ours. Because God sees things in us that he needs to be taken out, you know, that need to be taken out of us. And when we know the nature of our Father that his will for us is good, that he's good in all of his ways. There's no darkness in him. There's no shadow of turning. But he's doing that for our good. And in the moment that we're in, it might not feel good. But if we will submit to God, God will make that good for us. And we will come out a better, stronger person, a greater reflection of Christ. And I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want. I want Christ to be seen in me and through me. And I'm sure you guys do too. And sometimes there's things in me that don't necessarily reflect who he is. 
but God knows how to deal with those things. And so if we will submit ourselves to God and trust him, we can trust that the people that are rubbing us the wrong way, the people that he has set over our lives, that God will use them for our good. You know, even Jesus, when he was in the judgment seat, you know, he's talking to Pilate, and Pilate goes, well, don't you know that I have power over you to destroy your life? And he said, you don't have any power over me that wasn't given to you from my Father, which is in heaven. And we have to keep that in remembrance. God sees us. Every moment of our lives, he sees us. And we can trust him that no matter what we're experiencing, what we're going through, God can make it work for our good if we will trust him. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. But God uses it for our good. And I'd like to tell people this. Your life is bigger than your moment. Don't judge your situation where you're at. I remember one time I was in a, in a season and, um, you know, I was seeing people blessing and prospering and doing all of these things. And I looked at my season and God spoke to me. He said, you can't judge your season versus somebody else's season. Like, you have to recognize the season that you're in to make a proper judgment, right? So if I look out my window and I see a tree that is completely barren, there's no leaves, there's no fruitfulness on it, there's nothing on it. If I don't recognize that tree is in a season of winter, I will look at it and think that it's dead. But because I know the seasons that it's in, I understand, okay, it's not bearing fruit right now because it's winter season. And so what we have to do is we have to um, not judge where we're at in the moment that we're in. But we have to look around and we have to realize that our life is bigger than our moment. And that God is doing something in us. And if we will just hold fast to him, hold fast to his word, we can trust that he will bring us to a place of perfection and a place of fruitfulness. So we have to understand that sometimes God will put people in our lives just to maybe reveal unto us areas that um, he's refining or that he needs to refine because I'm telling you what sometimes I'm like oh Jesus you know help me but it's important that in those times we don't condemn ourselves either because God saw them before we ever did and in his good time he will deal with them and when he does deal with them we can't allow ourselves to beat ourselves up coming under condemnation and guilt but know that he is the one that's doing in us um, so the, the last thing that I want to read is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. I marked all my scriptures, but this one is taking me forever to find it. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. If we want to be blessed and we want to, to see God's blessing and, and his authority and to be entrusted with the, the great riches of the kingdom, you know, all throughout the New Testament, it talks about how, you know, the, the, the owner of the, or the husbandman of the, of the house, the owner of the house gave a servant five talents two talents and one talent and those that did something with it they were faithful they were brought increased and so they were multiplied and then the one with the two he also was multiplied and then but the one with the one was a fearful and he didn't use his talent so he was you know cut off and, and kicked out basically <clears throat> um there is there are rewards 
And so when we, when we look at God's, God's uh, requirement, when we are faithful with what he gives us, he brings increase. He brings promotion. And the thing that there's a scripture that says if you can't be faithful in like the carnal things, if we can't be faithful in our workplace, if we can't be faithful in, in stewarding another man's goods, how can we be entrusted with our own? How can we be entrusted with true spiritual riches? And so I think that, you know, when we look at our workplace and we look at having authority in those places, those are places that God can bless us, that he can bring increase when we're faithful. We can't not be faithful and expect God to bless that because he won't. He can't. He oversees his word. He watches over his word. And in Luke chapter 12, verses 47 and 48, it talks about those when you're faithful, there is a reward to that. But if you're not faithful, there's also a reward for that. And it's many stripes, you know. So we have to make sure that when we are um, called to a workplace, we want to be a blessing to those. We want to be faithful with what we've been given. We want to be faithful with our time. We want to be faithful with the resources that we're giving. You know, not just for them to be a blessing to them, but so that we can be positioned in a place where God sees our faithfulness and he can bring increase and blessing to us. Amen. So those are just a couple of things. So humility, humbling ourselves before the Father, so, you know, submitting ourselves to his will, and being faithful. Those are two things. When we look at the life of Jesus, those are things that he displayed very clearly. And if we will follow those examples, we can walk in the same, the power and the authority that Christ did, that we can bring the kingdom of God and the earth and bring glory and honor to our Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Brother Eric, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you so much, Trisha. Great word. And what she's saying is, you know, there, there's authority for the believers in the marketplace. No matter where you're at, God's got you there for a reason. He has you there for a purpose to let your light shine, that you in turn can win others for Christ and be the example that you need to be. For, for God's glory. So thank you so much for coming out tonight. Let me just pray a blessing over you. Uh, Pastor will be back on Sunday. Got a great message on the blessing for you coming up this coming Sunday as well. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for being with everyone tonight as they travel home. Keep your angels around about their vehicles. Keep them from dangerous seen and unseen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for just getting them all home safely. Let them have a great uh, rest of the work week, Lord, Lord God. And thank you, God, for seeing them again on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. We'll see you Sunday. God bless you.